Hey, it's Jess DeMassa. Thanks for listening to this episode of WTF Health. All this talk about the future of health is brought to you in part by our sponsors, Transparent, OneDrop, Wheel, Pfizer, Vita Health, Newtopia, 120 over 80 marketing and Bayer G4A. And don't forget, if you want to check out the video version of this interview, head on over to my YouTube channel. That's at youtube.com slash WTF health. Hey everybody, this is WTF health. What's the future health? I'm Jessica DeMassa and I'm talking to the who's who of health tech and healthcare innovation. And today we are getting into a big raise a big $150 million Series E for Innovacer. They have a single patient record system that on the cloud, which helps unlock data across different healthcare providers. So we're going to dive into what all that means. We're going to dive into the fundraise with their co-founder and CEO, Abhinav Shashank. Great to have you here. Hey, Jessica. Thanks for having us here. Uh, this is an exciting time. Thanks for having us and uh, having us talk about it. Oh my God, I'm so excited to get into this fundraise. So big Series E, 150 million, brings your total up to 375 billion, or excuse me, 375 million. And the really exciting part is the valuation, 3.2 billion. And that's where we dropped that billion. So this is very exciting. Congratulations. Hey, thank you so much. Like, I think it is exciting times for digital health. Uh, and I think uh, so much is changing in healthcare. Uh, I think at $3.2 billion, I'm hoping we are just getting started. I hope so too. I think that's a nice way to put that. All right, let's let's first unpack what you guys do at Innovacer because this is one of those areas where it's like a lot of times in health IT or I like to call it like deep health tech. It's like some of this stuff is a little difficult for, for most of us who don't work in the world of, of EMR and patient data to understand. And so I want to start at the very beginning here and have you talk to me what about what you guys do at Innovacer. So my understanding is there's this Innovacer Health Cloud and you you guys are helping build this really like a single patient record, 360 degree look at what a patient, all of the patient data that's out there. But I'm really curious to hear you describe it. And specifically, tell us about the kind of data that you're pulling into this single record. Is it really everything? Yeah, no, uh, no that's a very fair question. And we get asked that like all the time, uh, right? Uh, so I think if you look at any industry that's moved, right, like whether that was transportation and Uber sort of like changing it, whether it was retail and like Amazon sort of like changing it, the one fundamental shift that sort of happened was that information got opened up and uh, people sort of were able to do like uh, fantastic things on top of it. Uh, uh, Google Maps basically created this locational data element and like suddenly Uber existed and Amazon existed and a lot of these things existed. Similarly, in financial systems, uh, as soon as you opened up like the financial information you were able to get credit scores uh, and a lot of those things and therefore people were able to deliver a ton of financial services that are very very fundamentally different that same thing hasn't really happened in healthcare we've really been stuck in some ways uh, um, where like all of this data around the patient has been stuck in some on-premise system in some silo and neither the patient nor the doctor has any view on who you are. So when you go to a doctor for the first time, they're not really like working out of some background information on you, but are really for the first time asking you, what is your name? What is your height? And like all of those type of things. So that I think needs to change. Uh, if we are going to really see um, healthcare evolve into like the 21st century, like everything else has, uh, we need information to be opened up. Uh, that was like like the theme that we were chasing that how do you sort of like bring this all of this cloud technology that has been uh, used in 
all other industries, bring all of that together and really apply it to healthcare and open up a lot of like the healthcare information that comes from electronic medical records, lab systems, claim systems, and get it in front of the doctor when they are really looking at you um, in general. So that was the initial thesis and we've built on top of it. We are going to talk about it, but that was like the thesis that we've been working on. Okay, and this is a thesis that, I mean, this is not like you guys are the first ones to tackle this. There are other companies that are trying to do this and there's been this, you know, demand for a single, you know, patient record for a long time. Why do you think the time is is right for now for a business like yours? I mean, some of these cloud technologies that you've talked about, they've been backing a lot of other businesses for a long time, right? I mean, like you, you listed off some right there. Um, but why do you think like right now is the moment for healthcare? Because this is one of those like single patient record is like one of those holy grail healthcare conversations conversations to me like the same way where people are like provider directory and it's like oh my god we've been working on this for decades but like why is the time right now for a single patient record like how are you going to do this yeah i think most of uh, technology is generally like an afterthought to economics um, uh, right like uh, that the economic model changes first and then technology sort of like follows so for a really long period of time, I think we've been in a healthcare economic system that has paid for the transaction. So you go to a doctor, they treat you for that uh, transaction, and then you're off, right? Like that's how healthcare sort of like has been, and all of healthcare economics has sort of like worked. Now, suddenly we are moving into this uh, day and age of value-based care where uh, people are getting paid to take care of you, and not just for that period of time, but in a holistic, longitudinal way. Uh, so... The care is basically moving from a transactional care model to a continuum of care model, right? Like where uh, you have to support the patient throughout their journey and not just basically treat them when they're sick. Right. Uh, that's a very fundamental economic shift that's happening in how healthcare delivery happens. And because of this economic shift for the first time, like you need a fundamental technology shift too. So we're not basically like... Um, if we were trying to do this 10 years back and like the way HIE sort of like tried to do it and a lot of like other things tried to do it, there was no economic incentive for people to adopt this technology. Today, that economic incentive has been like is massive. And if you really understand the patient well, and if you're able to take care of them throughout their entire continuum, you actually make up make a lot more money than if you don't really understand them well and you're doing like one thing here and one thing there. Um, All right, let's clarify that real quick, Abhinav. I wanted to just ask your opinion on this. So is this the, the economic incentive here behind this? Is this something that's like value-based care driven or is this something pandemic driven where we were like, why don't we have a central place to look at this? Like, we, do you think that, like, is it a bigger, is it a larger macro trend that got exasperated by the pandemic and now here we are? Or does the pandemic even have an impact on this at all? Were we already headed this direction? I think like um, the move towards value was already sort of like happening. It's not like something that started during the pandemic, but it just became so much clearer for everyone that if you don't have a risk-bearing contract and if you're not um, uh, like thinking of your economic model in the future in a value-based care construct, it's very, very hard for you to be a healthcare provider today. Like you're, uh, anyways, people were working on 2%, 3% margin structures. And suddenly because of the pandemic, like you saw a lot of hospitals come under like massive financial pressures. There were hospitals that were sort of like shut down in the middle of the pandemic. Right. Uh, it, uh, and it's just like insane that like people who are taking care of us uh, really had to shut down because of 
the lack or like unstructured economic principles in some way or form, right? So I think there was a bigger realization that sort of like happened across the board uh, that something needs to change on the economic front. Uh, and therefore you're seeing like a lot more payers becoming providers, providers becoming payers, and like this entire thing sort of like coming closer together and working as like one system that takes care of the patient and gets paid for it. Okay, and now you're gonna have all their data on the cloud so they can figure out what all of that is with that one person. Okay, I have a lot of questions about this, specifically on the business model side of this, all right? So I wanna understand like piece by piece here how this works. So you guys, your clients, you've got about 50 or so clients, you've got a mix of, of providers, you've got a couple of big health systems in there. I know Banner Health is in there, One Medical. I saw Adventist is in there, Common Spirit. You've got some life sciences companies like Roche. You've got some payers in there. I saw Blue Cross Blue Shield of Arizona. Like you've got like a nice mix, and you've even got some health tech friends in there. I think as your clients. So I saw City Block Health, which is known yep. for value based care in the Medicaid space, and like also Zeus, which is another one of those. They actually sound very similar to you in the sense that it's like they're trying to build like a, a cloud based something that others can access to. We'll come back to that in a second. But I'm curious on the payer provider and life sciences side of things, or even a value-based care org like CityBlock, how do they work with you? So it's like, do they do they have to give their data in order to like get access to data? Do they get the access to everybody's data? Or are you guys developing things on top of it, like products, let's say, where they're just using that product and that product is drawing from the data? Like, tell me how this works and who's got their fingers into that into that cloud of data that you guys are building. Right. So I think the way it generally works is that we get they already have technology systems. Everyone has an electronic health record or basically a claim system or some system that they are using to store a lot of that data. The first thing that we do is to just open up a lot of that data, bring that onto the cloud and get it into like one standard data format. Like okay. a fire type, uh, uh, data format that like all of your distributed systems, some, someone who is basically spread across multiple states has tens of EMRs and all of that data is basically in a different format. So even if you had data on that particular patient, you re- really don't have a way to know that like it's the same patient like across the board now uh, as they are taking up like more and more risk contracts payers are sending them more data they're sending them longitudinal patient records which are like going back five years on what are all of the things that uh, uh, happened for that particular patient labs are basically sending in data in a different system etc right so forget about like getting like someone else's data there is no way for them to really merge all of their internal data streams and create this unified view of who the patient sort of like looks like okay Um, so that's the first thing first order priority that we sort of like solve that okay get in all of this data get it into a standard format so that it's accessible in the same way and you know who the patient is and where do in that um, ecosystem uh, right uh, so that is like the first thing that we end up doing then on top of it because we've now opened it up as an api right uh, you can do like pretty much anything um, uh, right uh, you can start sort of like building so people are running contact centers on top of it because for the first time they are able to sort of like see who this patient is they can reach out that this particular patient seems to be on the track of where they will get diabetic um, if their weight keeps increasing um, uh, or uh, something of that nature and so suddenly you have like this signal that came out and they can now reach out to them and provide uh, preventative care rather than basically treating them when they are sick Right. Uh, people are running similarly like care man- management programs, uh, patient engagement programs. Uh, they are now also looking at their 
operations and how they are sort of like running operations, which ICU bed is empty and not and uh, and things of that nature. Banner, for example, ran their entire COVID command center on top of our platform. When COVID hit, they were able to basically like get real time feeds from all of their like systems and know where uh, availability was. So um, most of their existing systems would give them that data in a lag of like five days. Um, yeah. uh, and it was irrelevant at the end of five days, right? Like yeah. um, because you needed to know today and now uh, that where are all of those type of things. So people are doing like operational transformation of some sorts uh, on top of the platform. So the use cases on top of something like this, where your data got opened up is massive. Like you can drive like a large transformation, any area being like clinical or um, uh, operational and really like take that up and start driving those things because information suddenly got opened up. Okay, so that makes sense to me now. Thank you so much for this very specific example. So so let me ask like a, a follow-up question on this. Okay, so they're all in, so let's say Banner Health, let's stick with that example. They've got the, all of their information from all of the different Banner Health locations, everything, all on the Innovator Cloud, and they're able to like determine what's going on with this one patient in that system. Then, okay, get that. That's like, to me, like level one here. Is level two, is there a level two and is level two knowing what that same patient is doing also because they get primary care at one medical, but they've just used banner for their emergency department services? Is there a way to do that? So uh, they do because of the claims data. Uh, okay. Like, um, because if you had uh, gone to basically like one medical, they would sort of like, uh, it would reflect on your claims. Like okay, we, don't, we don't merge one patient's, uh, like one system's information with anyone, right? Like every customer's information, like we have like is separate. It's like one uh, uh, system for like every one customer. So so I think that's the way we typically operate, but because the patient has gone to like uh, five locations, it's all listed in their uh, like claims information. So as the payers are sort of like sending that information down, you can really understand where all they've sort of like gone. No, that's amazing. I love that. Okay, that's really cool because like the status quo right now is nobody has any idea like within a within a health system, depending on how many different EMR platforms they're running, if that patient even visited just a different location. So that is really cool. That's some very cool stuff. So I'm curious about how you guys get paid on this then. So like, tell me a little bit about like the behind the scenes in the background. Does like, do people pay for seats or access or like, how, how does it work from the business model standpoint? It's a subscription model, like uh, people take access to uh, the platform and the more patient records that they add on top of the uh, platform, the more uh, they eventually sort of like uh, pay, right? So like their value is getting created when they are basically treating more patients. We've linked our pricing model very uh, centrally to like you grow, we grow, uh, right? Uh, right? Um, so, uh, so I think that's sort of like how we are invested therefore very deeply in like them, uh, like taking care of like more patients and like driving like more growth and whatever we need to do uh, to basically be true partners to them in their entire transformation journey, we sort of like end up doing. All right. Blow my mind again with some more, uh, with another use case example. I want to hear maybe something from, from some, not, maybe not on the provider side, maybe on the life sciences side or the payer side, like, give me like, you know, just some examples so that we can kind of bring this concept to life. Because this is, like I said, to me, it's like, it's deep health tech. Like it's, it's all the data stuff that you wish would work, but it's like the things that's really preventing us from, you know, really having improved accessibility to care or reduced cost of care. Or like, I know some of the things that you talk about improving our efficiencies and things like that and how, and, and really helping drive down that cost or 
helping kind of make it easier to deliver value-based care. So give me some like use case examples. I'd like to hear like one or two, maybe just quick about like how this works so that we can really understand what you guys are doing. Yeah, no. And um, so we talk like, I think like the entire industry is basically talking about health equity as a big like thematic that we are all wanting to chase. Okay. So, right. Like, uh, and um, if we really wanted to understand and dive deeper into it, there is no central way that we can do it today. Like if a person sort of like comes in with like our platform, you basically, because people are sort of like getting data on the patient on where they live and like uh, there's um, some bit of their socioeconomic status, you could very quickly understand like social uh, gaps that sort of like exist with the patient. And if they're living like in a food desert uh, area, you can basically very quickly give them like a food coupon and that uh, addressal of like health e uh, economics is so much more powerful than anything that we would sort of like do on treating them uh, when they are sick. Uh, so just getting that perspective on the patient for the first time really drives like so much change uh, um, in general, right? So so that's like one area that we I love that. Say. I love that. Uh, Very well then, example. Give me one more. Give me one more. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so the list is endless, right? You can pick up like any chronic condition and you know basically what are markers of that condition like early on, right? Like that we, I talked about like uh, diabetes, um, you can pick up CHF, you can pick up like musculoskeletal uh, things. There are always markers of these things uh, that we know like very, very early, but because the patient went to some other lab where we were not able to basically fetch that data as the doctor, uh, uh, we don't really know this, um, okay. right? And therefore, like all of these patients like come to us when they are sort of like very, very sick and not like at the point where it can be prevented. Uh, and if we can like capture these signals and really like at the point of care, tell the doctor, hey, doc, this patient that's attributed to you um, really can basically like benefit out of one phone call from you telling them that change your diet plan, do these exercises. And suddenly, like the health outcome of that person just changed for life. Uh, I love uh, that. So. All right, I've got a series of hard questions for you now. Are you ready for these? I know. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm, are you ready? Okay. Before we get, I want to get to that. I want to get more into the fundraise. I'm going to ask you a series of tough questions first. So I got to understand this because I, I want to understand the co competitive landscape here because there are a lot of single EMR kind of companies out there. Okay. So right. explain to me, and I want to, I, and th this might have to come to think back to the pitch deck to the investors <laughs> about the competitive advantage that Innovacer brings to the table. But I mean, first of all, what, what stops Epic for, from just doing this? Like, why doesn't, why don't they just start landing everything into the cloud and offer, you know, API access to and bringing things together? What stops them from doing this? I don't think anything sort of like stops uh, anyone from doing that. Okay. Right? Like, uh, <laughs> like, frankly, like like people basically like talk about a lot of uh, uh, these things. Anything that anyone is building from a technology perspective can be done by some other software company. But uh, like I think uh, in the period of time that you're building technology, I, I mentioned this like earlier as well, that a lot of technology architecture choices are being taken based on the economic model that of uh, what's basically prevalent today. I think a lot of like the electronic health record was based on like a billing system transactions um, uh, uh, system, which was look at this uh, like 
uh, encounter that's happened and just basically like bill it and code it and um, uh, like be done with it. It was not meant to run very, very deep analytics on top of it. Like uh, a lot of what I just talked about, it's just very, very deep understanding of what's the risk profile of the patient, what are like the diseases that they are like suffering from and how do you sort of like put a pathway uh, on top of it. This is not the technical framework that uh, Epic or Cerner was built on. Okay. Um, um, and um, or like Athena Health or like any of the EHR systems, right? Like uh, um, the also the matter of the fact is that if these companies did not exist, we could not do what we are doing. Uh, right. uh, so like in deep, deep sense, I have like a ton of gratitude towards like the electronic health record actually happening. Uh, I think a lot of people talk about the fact that like EHRs don't do this and that, like it, I don't think it was like the EHR's fault as much as the fact that the economic incentive at that point did not ask for technology to do uh, what we are all asking it to do today. Uh, sure, that's I, fair. I mean, this is technology that's been around for a long time. And then asking it to do something that it was never built for in, in the first place is, is a big ask. So, I mean, I get yeah. what you're saying. So, I mean, maybe the role of the EHR changes in the future. You know, it just becomes that source of data in terms of the patient record and the, and the billing. But it's like there are other things that exist to make more sense of it. I mean, I, at least that's what I feel like I'm seeing in the spaces. There's a lot of stuff being built around it to help make it more useful, but that the data in the EMR, the EMR itself is just a data collection source. Yeah. And we work with like Epic and Cerner and uh, Athena and like all of these like EHR companies pretty deeply, right? Like a lot of the analytics that we sort of like uh, do data basically gets pulled out of like these systems and also basically pushed back into the system yeah. um, that uh, like for the doctor, like the single view is generally like this EHR system. So if we can uh, do all of this analytics and then push it back into the screen that they're looking at uh, uh, all the time, then that sort of like solves like them switching and yeah, adding another thing for them to do, right? Perfect. All right, more competitive question here. And then, all right, I, I actually, I'm going I'm to ask this one in two parts here. So the other people then, so for, forget EMR, right? We're, we're working with them, not against them. But it's like the, the competitive space in terms of those other types of tech companies, whether they be health tech companies or big health, big tech companies, how do you guys stand apart there? So, I mean, and I'm thinking about like the single patient record space. I think of be well. I think of Citizen. I think of Avenir, which is kind of moving into that, like more of the data behind the scenes, not record yet. But it's like when we're pooling together all of this data in effort to put it on a cloud-based environment, figure out how things are connected so that we can extrapolate and analyze it and, and improve whatever it is, cost, outcomes, whatever, from it. There's a lot of people in that space. And then there's those big tech companies. Like, I mean, Amazon Web Services or like Microsoft Cloud or uh, Google or Apple. I mean, like, you know, so how, how do you guys see yourself differentiated from that big pack of people who are all kind of working on, on a similar problem? Yeah. So um, I think there are two sets of companies that you Yeah, about. right. I think uh, the, the first one is basically like the startup ecosystem that's sort of like building stuff, uh, right? We are partnering very, very deeply with uh, uh, all of them, right? Like uh, we are doing a lot of the legwork that's required for them to be able to sort of like drive um, endpoint outcomes. Like Tuki is basically building an app on top of our platform. Uh, uh, they have like incredible technology that they have built. They can utilize a lot of the data that's basically being powered up uh, through our platform. So we are basically opening a lot of that information up and they are then basically like 
providing like an endpoint interface um, in general. Bwell is actually like a part of like our partnership program. They've basically like built up like a lot of like uh, tools and technologies and they're uh, building a lot more like uh, uh, in our innovation accelerator sort of like program. We now have, uh, I think like 26 companies overall that are like in the program where we are partnering very deeply with them to enable them to not re do all of the investments that we've sort of like already done on managing the data, bringing it together and, and really like focus on like where value uh, can basically be provided by them. Right. Uh, so that's like, I think the startup space. Uh, I think the biggest benefactors of us succeeding are going to be the cloud companies. Uh, really? because okay. Data is basically like going to be like uh, on the cloud uh, and frankly, like, um, for the first time, there are going to be like workflows that are going to be powered on top of it, like bringing all of this data fabric onto, like we run on AWS, we run on uh, Azure. We, at some point, I think like we are also uh, planning to uh, during the course of the year, we are going to run on GCP too, right? Like uh, so, I think as we sort of like do uh, some of these things, suddenly all of the cloud purchases that people have done, you have data on top of it and you can open up so many uh, other workloads. So consumption improves and therefore like the cloud uh, vendors actually become more successful to the extent where Microsoft is an investor, right? Like, um, um, so, so I think like, I think in all of your questions, basically I answered uh, like one thing which I feel like is common. We are not basically like fighting against someone. <laughs> I right. love that you know that. Okay, good. Keep going. Uh, so, so, so I think uh, uh, there is basically like this deep sense of like ecosystem. And I think like uh, far for far too long, I think uh, healthcare hasn't had an ecosystem like approach towards building software. From, I agree with you. And I think this is something new. I feel like this is something that I keep hearing more and more about. I feel like there's a lot more openness and I can't tell if if that is something that is just me that I'm noticing this, or it's like, if that's what you're, it sounds like that's what you're picking up too. And it, that definitely sounds like what you guys have going on over there at Innovacer. Like, are you seeing what I'm seeing as far as this goes with the sharing of, of the data and this more of a willingness to kind of open things up than incumbents have been in the past? I think it's just happening because of the fact that things are opening, coming to the cloud uh, uh, in general. Just making and it possible. And just making it possible for the first time because it's like generally available across the board, um, uh, right? Uh, doing it on on-premise systems in the last generation was just like it's hard. Like, yeah, you couldn't like do it, right? Like uh, so, I think that change and transformation towards like more and more cloud companies sort of like coming into play, you're going to just basically see an acceleration of that like over a period of time as well. Oh my God, that gets me so excited. I love that. I love that. That's like, we're going to see real transformation. Okay, I have one, one more tough question for you before we unpack the fundraise, okay? I want to know in terms of the patient. So curious about your thoughts here. So anytime we hear single patient record, there's usually a conversation around it about patient access to said single patient record. What are you guys doing as far as that's concerned? We're, what's Innovators thinking about maybe opening up that patient record to the patient themselves? I mean, tell me what your thoughts are there. Any plans? Yeah. So I think the way we've kind of really approached it is B2B2C uh, rather okay. than like B2C, right? Like, um, so CHI Texas is basically uh, building up like a patient app. It's like 
like tens of services basically like built into this one app like it's completely built uh, being built like on top of our platform it gets all of the patient data and that sort of like resides there but it also gives them the ability to choose like a lot of like other services we integrated livongo on it we integrated like um, uh, hinge health on top of it right so suddenly basically because like the platform got opened up you can provide that data to uh, all of these services as well and provide like a holistic care uh, model in um, some way or form so hope that's like our eventual goal that if the platform really becomes successful the patient basically goes to this one app that hopefully everywhere is powered by innovator uh, uh, but uh, uh, like uh, uh, in some way or form they are able to like access like all of these digital health services whether that's being provided by a banner or a common spirit or uh, but just basically like get those things uh, like in one singular interface Oh my God, fingers crossed on that because that's another one of those things we've been waiting for. Provider directory, single patient (laughs) record, patient access to single patient record, right? Like keep working on this guys, keep working on it. All right, so let's talk about this fundraise and I want to shout out, I'm going to have to read from the list here. So I know Mubadala Capital led your round, this $150 million Series E, but there is like, I mean, it is like a, talk about who's who, who's who of investors who have come back. You've had a list of existing investors, B Capital Group, Microsoft's M12 Fund, Growth, Equity, Sedview Capital, Tiger, one of my faves. And then some new investors joined in here too, Whale Rock Capital, Avidity Partners, and Schoenfield Strategic Advisors. So what are you guys planning to do with this with this capital? I mean, like what's next? What's on the horizon for Innovacer? So uh, I think like a few things, right? Um, firstly, I think the ecosystem is very, very important to us. Like I, I don't know like if I stressed on it like enough, uh, but <laughs> yeah, like... Uh, and it's probably like me repeating that over and over again but I really think like healthcare needs an ecosystem Uh, like no one company is going to solve like all of the problems that sort of like exist Uh, and there has basically been this view that like one company is going to be answered to like everything it's just not Uh, uh, so so therefore like creation of an ecosystem in some way or form uh, is going to be very very important now we've got like startups building on top of our platform we actually have like health systems starting up digital health companies on top of our platform we have they're starting uh, i can't talk too much about like those because they're going to get launched pretty yeah uh, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, uh, we have basically like and like uh, we talked about like roche for example they're uh, building out this entire cl- uh, clinical decision support suite like on top of our platform right so because for the first time you've got like this common platform and architecture that scales everywhere uh, and is the same everywhere uh, you suddenly have given people the capability to build software solution and digital health service that can uh, uh, really be like national and hopefully like global at some point. Um, so, so I think that's the area that we are like very, very excited about. How do we basically like blur the line between like digital health and like health, uh, uh, right? Like there is no digital bank, right? Like uh, there is bank. Uh, uh, and, uh, and I don't know why there is digital health and health, uh, but that line needs to basically get blurred uh, in some way or form. And hopefully we are a catalyzing agent b- behind like all of that change. Okay, so I love this sense of using the $150 million to help build out this ecosystem. I think the feeling behind that, the sentiment behind that is right on. But I also know that you have some very specific things that you're using your capital on. So start out first and tell us about the innovation accelerators. I want to understand what this is. I saw it in the press release, but it wasn't entirely clear to me. So what are what is this? Right. I think one of the most important things that happening that's happening, Jessica, is that as we are going to like customers 
and showcasing to them that okay the data is basically been now opened up right uh, they are coming back to us and saying that we want to do so many different things <laughs> they are wanting to transform uh, their like operational um, uh, systems like how they kind of really run operations they are wanting to like transform their revenue cycle like uh, uh, pieces and the list is just like becoming larger and larger right uh, so i think it is good the innovation accelerator program in general is basically going to become uh, this landing spot for various things that the health systems can do on top of the platform and how do we sort of like support digital transformation initiatives like across the spectrum for these like organizations rather than like in one or two areas that we support them in today Perfect. Okay, that sounds great. And then anything else that you're, that, that you're that's on the mark there? I mean, you've got a you got a long list of investors behind you, a big amount of money. What do you think? I think uh, um, like we've been very very lucky to have like uh, partners and not customers um, in general. Like um, and it's that's awesome. uh, like, uh, when we came out of like uh, like school and like we were working on this like complex healthcare problem. I don't think like we understood too much on like what the electronic health record meant and like what are lawing codes and um, all of these like uh, complex things that uh, are on the deep tech like of uh, healthcare. And we've been very very lucky to have like uh, customers that have supported us and really taught us a lot of those things. And so there is a very deep rooted like sense of like treating customers as partners in general. And we are going to be doubling down like uh, quite a bit on our customer success um, um, like pathways and how do we like get to partner with customers much more deeply and truly like come off as the company like in the space that's very very customer obsessed and sort of like in some way be like the amazon what amazon was to the consumer become like that for uh, our like customers in general Oh my gosh, I love that. All right, well, congratulations to you guys. I mean, st straight out of school and now you got a company that's valued at 3.2 billion with this raise. That's awesome. Congratulations to you and your team, to, to the investors who backed you up to this point, to the people you've been working with, your customers and all those other health tech companies that we had no idea were developing on you. Very impressive, very, very impressive. Thank you so much, Jessica, for this. Like, I think, like, uh, hopefully it's just basically still the start. Like, uh, there is uh, so much to be solved for and so much to be done. We are looking forward to basically, like, building on top of, like, what we've sort of, like, um, uh, gotten done over the last few years. Awesome. Well, you will have to come back and talk to us again. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Abhinav Shashank. He is the co-founder and CEO of Innovacer here telling us about that big fundraise. All right. Great to have you with us. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right, and for more from the who's who of health tech, definitely check out my YouTube channel. It's over there at youtube.com slash WTF health. Would really appreciate it if you could hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. We'll talk to you guys soon. Avanov, congratulations again. Great to talk to you. Take care. Thank you so much, Jessica. Hey, it's Jess. If you're looking for more news on what's going on in health tech, I've got another show airing on this channel called Health Tech Deals. In this one, famous healthcare curmudgeon Matthew Holt joins me twice a week to weigh in on the biggest funding deals, M&A activity, and exits in health tech. Just look for episodes labeled Health Tech Deals.